NFI, North Carolina, Georgia, California, New York, Seattle, Washington, around the world, in studio.
KFI, North Carolina, Georgia, California, New York, Seattle, Washington, around the world, in studio, NFI Radio Gospel Network, the number one quartet station in the world.
be here tonight. Through your trials and tribulations, you're still here. Came up on the rough side of the mountain. But through it all, God kept us on around. We just want to tell him thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you because you brought me over Bear with me when I strayed away. You had mercy on me when I failed to get on my knees and pray. You died in my My, 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 my. 
Good morning, good morning, and welcome to the NFI Radio Gospel Network. And we are right at 16 minutes after the hour. That's 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. More great gospel music coming your way all the way up to 8 o'clock tonight. That was the sounds of the legendary William Brothers right here from the NFI Radio Gospel Network, your number one gorgeous and contemporary Christian station in the world. want to welcome and thank you again so much as we around North Carolina uh, in observance of President's Day. Huh? Somebody said, well, I didn't know that. I forgot today was President's Day. Well, uh, some of the businesses will be closed um, and uh, definitely uh, the government um, uh, will definitely be closed today. So uh, all things will be back in operation full speed on tomorrow. So if you go out and, um, you know, you go somewhere and um, you find out they're not open, that's because it's President Day. All right, there's a lot going on around the world. I'm not going to get into that detail right at the moment. We've got a great program for you coming up a little later, 9.30 a.m. this morning. Out of Fort Washington, Maryland, live is Reverend Robert E. Ellison with uh, Approaching the Finish Line radio broadcast. You don't want to miss that today, this morning at 9.30 a.m. Reverend Robert E. Ellison, he is the author and writer of the biblical insight of coping with chaos. So all that's coming up this morning right here from the NFI studios. Again, you can go to our website, nl5radio.com or on blog talk radio. Dot com, and you can also listen in on our Facebook page, that's NFI Radio Gospel Network on Facebook. And once again, don't forget our website, NFIRadio.com. I'm your host, The Anointed One. My pleasure. Thank you again so much for catching the way. Now, let's get back with more, the very best in gospel music, here from the NFI studio.
Going down memory lane, and that's the sound of George Dickens and the fellas. And uh, definitely, definitely uh, one of those songs that you will always remember. Uh, leading that is his son, uh, one of his sons that is no longer with us. And uh, certainly, uh, definitely, uh, we certainly miss him. But we're going to continue. We play the music of Brother George Dickinson and the disciples right here on the NFI Radio Gospel Network. Look, once again, we are right at about 28 minutes after the hour, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, on a wonderful Monday, February the 19th, 2024, here from the NFI studio for the very best in quartet and contemporary gospel music. We've got it right here for you. And you can simply just give us a call if you'd like to make a request, or uh, you can drop it in on our uh, website. In the left column corner, uh, you'll see comments, and you can leave a comment there. And uh, definitely, if you'd like to hear a song, or uh, if you'd like to give us a call, you can feel free to give us a call on our 24-hour hotline. That's 984-733-3977. Again, that's 984 984- Seven three 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 nine seven seven. We certainly want to thank all of you so much again for catching the wave. All right. Well, look. I know some of you today. Uh, you had got up this morning and um, you were, you know, you had some things planned to do, but you just didn't feel 
the best uh, like you thought you would on this morning. And, and due to not getting the proper rest or maybe you had a busy schedule on yesterday, you just want to just take it easy today and not even uh, go out or do anything, just rest, huh? Well, it's nothing like resting. So if you feel like you need to rest, rest, huh? Your body needs to rest at times, so um, you'll have that strength to get back up and move forward again and do what you usually do. But certainly make sure uh, you drink plenty of, of, of liquids and uh, eat the proper food that you should be eating. Don't don't just clog yourself with pork and uh, beef and uh, fried food. No, do the right thing. You know what you need to do. Definitely vegetables and fruits. Uh, and if you're going to do some eating with meats, bake, bake the food, okay? Bake chicken, huh? Good for you, all right? Healthy for you. Not a lot of salt. Not a lot of salt. That salt will, look, that salt is just like pouring water on it. It dissolves, right? And um, when you uh putting salt on your food, um, you don't see what's going inside your body. But it can definitely do some serious damage and harm to you, run your blood pressure up and cause you to end up, you know, having to stop eating certain food that you eat. So make sure you do the right thing. All right. Well, look, very pleasant. Good Monday morning to you. I'm yours truly, the anointed one. Let's get back with more great gospel music. God bless you. Yeah. 
want them, tell them. Cause we want, we want you. We stand in need of you. We want you.
There's something about the name of Jesus, huh? Something about that name of Jesus. We are right at 10 minutes, 10 minutes before the top of the hour of 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on a wonderful Monday. It's February the 19th, 2024, President's Day, huh? Somebody said, what day is it? President's Day, huh? All right. So if you're looking for the post office to be open or the mailman to run, well, uh, you're going to get a surprise today. They're not going to be open, huh? And most of the government's uh, building and um, major um, functions that normally run on the regular scheduled days will not operate. So uh, don't be surprised, all right? Don't start picking up the phone wanting to know why they're not open, all right? If you heard it first right here on the NFI Radio Gospel Network. Once again, want to thank all these powerful men and women of God that's a part of this network, and you can lock in and listen in with them Right here every Monday through Thursdays at 9.30 a.m. and at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And also on Sundays at 10 a.m. and at 11.30 a.m. on Sundays. And we thank God for these men and women of God that's a part of this network coming forth teaching and preaching the Word of God. And we've got one coming up this morning at 9.30 a.m., Live right here from the NFI studios is Reverend Robert E. Ellison with Approaching the Finish Line radio broadcast. He's out of Fort Washington, Maryland, and he'll be coming forth to bring forth a word, to teach the word of God uh, for all of us that we may receive that that God has for us on this Monday. Now, he is not just coming forth uh, with approaching the finish line radio broadcast, he is also a writer and author of the biblical insight of coping with chaos. And I believe you can go on Amazon and uh, type in Reverend Robert E. Ellison, the, the biblical insight of coping with chaos, and you will be able to find that book. I've got mine. <laughs> I've got mine. So those of you, if you want more information, I'm quite sure you can contact him and he will be glad to give you all the information and details about ordering or purchasing that book. All right, well look, we're going to get back with more great gospel music months once 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 again. It's my pleasure and I thank you for catching the wave. A wave, 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 wave. <laughs> all right. Again, our website nl5radio.com.
the wave seven days a week 8 a.m. till 8 p.m. at NFI Radio Gospel Network Raleigh North Carolina on our website nfiradio.com or on Facebook at NFI Radio Gospel Network or listen by phone by calling 347-215-8049 we also have a television gospel broadcast that airs every Saturday from 4 p.m. till 5 p.m. out of DeKalb Georgia on DeKalb Channel 25 or live stream us at DeKalb25.com it's all live right here on the NFI, coming to you live from Raleigh, North Carolina. Listen, I remember when I was a little boy growing up in the city of Atlanta in a little community called Pool Creek. My daddy sang in a quartet, and every Thursday night they would rehearse in our living room, and they would sing songs very similar to this. This world, I'm just a strange. Sometimes now, I was down for my life, down for my life. Oh! 
more time, bad baby. I'm just a stranger. Please help me say that. to thank him for ourselves. While nobody listening than you and God. We know folk didn't make it 2010. But God have spared your life. Thank him, church. All heads about. Father, you see these heads bowed down before you in humble submission. 
We are giving honor and praises to your name. Father, we know that thou art God. And besides you, there is none other. From everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. We pause right now, Father, to say thank you. Because you've been so good to us. Now, Master, we are asking you to condition our hearts. Condition our minds. That we may receive spiritual food for our souls. Now, Father, speak to the nightingale tonight. You speak to us. And then, Master, use us as instruments of your peace. Hopefully and prayerfully, Father, that everybody in here, young folk and old, will be spiritually blessed, encouraged, uplifted, and then, Father, if there happen to be someone or anyone in this sanctuary this afternoon that simply do not know you in the forgiveness of their sins, Father, that they might be convicted, then, Master, draw them to Jesus. Do this for us, giving them the praise, the honor, and the glory. And your heart say amen. You feel better now. All of my sin, all of my shame, I know I'm forgiven by the price you pay. It's okay to clap your hands one time. Come on.
But joy comes in the morning light You're the king of kings, the great I am There's nothing too hard for you, God Got minds together, brother. I'm right with you, huh? We're having church up in here. (laughs) Very pleasant. Good Monday morning to you. It's uh, Monday, February the 19th, 2024, President Day. And uh, many of you are observing and taking time off of work on today. And I know you're glad to be off an extra day, huh? (laughs) All right. Well, some of you had to go anyway, right? Okay. Well, look, somebody said, look, if... Uh, uh, when you go to work, you can look for your uh, paycheck. And if you don't go to work, you don't look for one to receive. <laughs> All right. Look, we thank you so much again for catching the way. We are right at uh, 50 minutes after the hour of 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, coming up very shortly live at 9.30. It's uh, Reverend Robert E. Ellison out of Fort Washington, Maryland, uh, with approaching the finish line radio broadcast. He'll be coming forward with teaching and preaching the word of God. Now, look, if you missed last week, last Monday, oh, my, my, he definitely took it up to another level, and you can expect that on this Monday morning again. And he's definitely bringing forth the word of God and teaching it with power. So that's all coming up very shortly right here at the bottom of the hour, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here from the NFI Studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Again, go to our website, nfiradio.com, or on Facebook. Simply go to NFI Radio Gospel Network for those of you on Facebook. And you can also join us on Blog Talk Radio. Alive and Breaking News Network. We're also on Breaking News Network. And you can simply listen with your mobile phone. Simply dial 347-215-8049. And those of you who have questions or want to talk with us uh, concerning maybe you have a program coming up and you'd like to have it aired and uh, announced, uh, certainly give us a call. On our 24-hour hotline, that's 984-733-3977. Let's get back with more great gospel music. I'm your host, The Anointed One. Again, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for catching the wave. You are catching the wave with a brand new vibe in quartet music on the NFI Radio Gospel Network. Hope, y'all. Guitar player, can you play me that old quartet? (laughs) That's old, lady. 
song says, what a time it will be when my Savior's face, one day I'm going to see. I, I, I found me a dance partner. He ain't much taller than me. <laughs> Come on. I want you to go somewhere with me in your music mind. And think about when we get there. When we cross over, there'll be no more heartache, no more pain. Somebody say, I got a mother going on, got a father going on. That's okay. But most of all, somebody said, most of all, most of all, I want to see King Jesus, (laughs) y'all. Listen. Y'all better not get loud. What a time it will be when this is what the Joy Boys gonna do, y'all. We're gonna shout, bless His name. Clap your hands and go with me just a little while. When, when his face I'll be gonna shout troubles over y'all. Let me tell you something. I can imagine in my mind he's gonna come down from heaven on high. Then we're going home, y'all, to be with him on high. What I like about it, it'll be. second verse right here. Then he's gonna separate the right from the wrong. All of his children will 
I have to have rain. I'm a ride about again. 
in this whole life, I have to have pain. Here's another thing I want to leave with you. A few more. Burdens to bear, There's a few more. Bishop Daryl McFadden and the singing disciples welcome home right here on the NL5 Radio Gospel Network. We are right at uh, 25 minutes after the hour, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Coming up right at the bottom of the hour, it's Reverend Robert E. Ellison with Approaching the Finish Line radio broadcast right here live from the NL5 studios out of Fort Washington, Maryland. One more, the late, great Lee Williams and the spiritual QC. Jesus. 
Welcome back. Welcome back. We are live from the NFI studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina, and it is 9.30 a.m. on this wonderful Monday morning. Standing by that awesome preacher, teacher, man of God, and you all are ready to receive him on this Monday. I'm speaking of Reverend Robert E. Ellis out of Fort Washington, Maryland, with Approaching the Finish Line radio broadcast. He is the author and writer of the biblical insight of coping with chaos. And now, let's join him right here, live from the NL5 studios. Good morning, Reverend Robert E. Ellison. And good morning to you, all of my faithful listeners. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to another installment 
of the Approaching the Finish Line broadcast. It's so good to be with, with you here on this wonderful Monday morning, and I will continue to praise the Lord, for this is the day the Lord has made, and I shall rejoice and be glad in it. Praise God, praise God. Go and tell a friend, go tell a neighbor that there's a preacher that's standing in the gap, and he is not ashamed of the gospel. What is the gospel, you may ask, according to the Apostle Paul? And mentioned in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, Paul says, I give to you that which I first received, the gospel. And he calls it this. He said, for Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and he was buried. And he rose on the third day, according to the scriptures. That, my friends, is the gospel, plain and simple. Paul made it very plain for us to understand very clear. Romans 10, 9 says that if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins, if he was raised from the dead, and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. Hallelujah. That's a good thing to be saved. You can't make it to heaven unless you're saved. Amen. Let me ask you a question this morning. Have you put on your armor? What am I talking about? I'm talking about the whole armor of God. Saints, I want you to understand this morning that we're in a battle. We're in a fight. Can't you feel it? Don't you see it? Even within you, within your homes, the, 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 the conflict in a lot of homes across the world, don't you feel it in the economy? Can't you, uh, can't you see what's going on all around you, the wars, the rumors of wars, the pestilence, the famine, false prophets? Everywhere you look, it seems like the world is coming apart at the seams. This is a sign of a battle that's going on. It's raging in the heavenlies. You can't see it, but it's happening. I remember preaching a sermon some years back in North Carolina, uh, a church in Raleigh, North Carolina, and the title of my sermon uh, at that time was Delayed But Not Denied, and it was based on a prayer that was made by the prophet Daniel. And it's, you can find that in Daniel chapter 10. Daniel prays a prayer on behalf of his people. Daniel was lamenting for uh, the people of Israel. They were in captivity. Daniel prayed a prayer, and for 21 days, his prayer was delayed. The answer to that prayer was delayed. Then a messenger of the Lord came to Daniel after 21 days. He told Daniel that, Daniel, the Lord heard your prayer on the first day, the very first day that you prayed it. But I was held up, and it was, uh, there was a, a, another, is what the Bible referred to this entity, this angel that held the answer up coming to Daniel, what am I getting at here? I'm saying that there's a battle that's raging in the unseen world. I spoke last week about, uh, well, our topic was the sons of God. 
and it had to do with Genesis chapter 6. And we're going to continue that discussion today. But this, in this particular account of Daniel chapter 10, Michael, the archangel, had to be called to wrestle with this prince that was over a certain region. This region was Persia. And so there are rulers of darkness at work. There are princes, there are powers, there are principalities at work in the areas unseen, in the heavenlies. This is an account of the Bible that is so vivid. So today we're going to continue our discussion on the sons of God. And I want to clarify some things from last week. I want to bring it home for those of you who are listening today. Because if you can get what took place in Genesis chapter 6, the entirety of the Bible uh, is going to make a whole lot of a, 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 a whole lot more sense. Some people can't really grasp what is going on in the unseen, so I'm going to try to make it clear to you as clear as I can today. But first, let me give you some contact information. If you want to get in contact with me, I can be reached at approaching the finish line at gmail.com. That's approaching the finish line at gmail.com. Send me your prayer requests. Send me any questions you may have in regards to scripture. Send me your responses to any of the content that you hear me speak of here on this broadcast. This broadcast exists for the very reason for, for the days that we are living in. We're living in perilous times, my friends, and God want, does not want us to be ignorant at this time. There are many things as I've spoken about uh, in times past concerning uh, some, some of the things you may not hear that are coming from your pulpits from Sunday to Sunday. Now, this is not to, uh, this is not to say anything against the pastors. This is not uh, anything against uh, the church per se. But there are things that we need to know during the times that we are living presently. And oftentimes pastors just simply uh, do, do not, they can't, they can't get to everything. So as an evangelist, I come on this broadcast in order to supplement your diet, your diet of the truth, your diet of the word of God that you may not be getting from Sunday to Sunday. So some of the content that, that's here on this broadcast may be just a little different um, from from the things that you hear from one Sunday to the next, but it won't be contradictory to it. So with that being said, let's go to our commentary for the week. Commentary for this week is on Bible prophecy. Bible prophecy is a topic that's seldom mentioned in most churches today. The reasons vary from this phenomenon, everything from the subject being too controversial to a simple lack of knowledge. The latter explanation makes it even more of a phenomenon when you consider that at least one-third of the Bible is about Bible prophecy. 
In fact, the scriptures tell us that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That's stated in Revelation 19.10. During his earthly ministry, over 300 messianic prophecies were fulfilled. As we are presently engaged in our world today, there are prophecies of the Bible that have yet to be fulfilled. Some say as little as 20% are left of prophecies that have yet to be fulfilled. Over 80% of the prophecies that the Bible speak of or have spoken of have been fulfilled 100% accurately. So if there's a 100% accuracy rate for the previous 80% of the of the uh, prophecies that have been fulfilled, then for the remaining 20% that have yet to be fulfilled, there is a question that I have. Why is there such an attack against those who teach Bible prophecy? Why is there a suppression that's going on concerning Bible prophecy? And I'll I don't have a direct answer for that, but I can tell you this. There are two books of the Bible that Satan absolutely hates. He hates the whole word of God. He hates the entire Bible. But there are two I believe that he absolutely shudders behind. One of them is the book of Genesis, because Genesis tells of our beginnings. And the other the book of Revelation, because it tells of his ultimate demise. And so when you preach or teach on these two books of the Bible, Satan comes at you in ways that you can't even imagine. But I am not ashamed of the gospel, and I am not afraid to preach or to teach on these subjects. Because God has not given me a spirit of fear, but he's given me one of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So as I speak to you today, as I awaken this morning, I put on the whole armor of God. Out of Ephesians chapter 6, the helmet of salvation to guard my mind against the attacks of the enemy, you know, thoughts that that are that he attempts to plant into your mind, your thinking. You put on the plate of righteousness to fend off against those fiery darts that the enemy shoots at you from day to day. You gird yourself up with the belt of truth. You shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You wield the sword of the spirit, that is the word of God, rightfully dividing the word. And you carry that shield of faith. For faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not yet seen by faith and not by sight. Amen. So as we continue here with the prophecies that have been fulfilled. Prophecies fulfilled by the first coming of Christ 
happened exactly as foretold in the scriptures. No other religious books could claim the accuracy of the Bible. Its incredible accuracy is backed by science, it's backed by archaeology, and eyewitness accounts. It's also recognized as a historical book. Presently, we are witnessing events that were foretold and while many experienced the obvious changes taking place within our society and consequently worldwide, it seems that the world is falling apart. The response is often met with fear or indifference. Many are left seeking answers to what we are clearly witnessing. God in his sovereignty has given us those answers through his word. Unfortunately, many of our pulpits remain silent on the critical issues of today. Most of these issues detail a convergence of events that are linked to the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ and what we recognize as the second coming or second advent. A recent study conducted by the Barner Research Group revealed that only 39% of pastors have a biblical worldview. Subsequently, a study held by the Pew Research Center says four out of 10 U.S. adults surveyed in December, this is December of 2022, believe we are living in the end times. Statistics such as these could be indicators as to why the teaching of Bible prophecy or the subject of eschatology has taken a back seat in our churches. Although this survey is indicative of churches in the U.S., it highlights a trend among churches globally. As war continues in the Middle East, with the threat of a much larger war looming, the nation of Israel has garnered the world's attention just as God said it would in the last days. Zechariah 12.3 reads, And in that day, will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces, though all the people of the earth be gathered against it. The God of the Bible is a God of covenant. He's known as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He has vowed an everlasting covenant. That means forever. Through Abraham, for his people, Israel. You can find that in Genesis 26, 5. Israel is at the center of Bible prophecy because it has always been at the center of God's plan for all the nations of the earth. Now, Satan is aware of this, and he's consistently tried to eliminate the Jews as the first prophecy of the Bible is stated in Genesis three fifteen. It's called the Proto-Evangelium. Theologians recognize it as that. And it reads, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Who is the woman in this passage? The woman represents Israel. The woman's seed. The seed of the woman. That represents Israel. Now, God is addressing the serpent in this passage. The serpent also has a seed, 
in case many of you missed it. And that seed we see woven all through the Bible. And that's going to take us back to the subject, that topic, sons of God, daughters of men. But first, finally, Bible prophecy is not all doom and gloom theology. To those who are perishing, it may seem to be foolishness. But to those who know the Savior, Jesus Christ, it is the hope of glory to be revealed. And that's my commentary for the week. So now let us move on and get back to our previous study, Sons of God, Daughters of Men. Last week I told you about two men. One of them was Augustine or Augustine, some would call him, and Jerome. Both of these men were widely esteemed in the Catholic Church. Uh, They were scholars. They were philosophers. Jerome uh, was a translator. He translated uh, the Bible from the original Jewish text into Latin, which is what the Catholic Church used. This was during the Middle Ages. This was in the early church. The thing about Jerome is Jerome was known for some extreme views. And because of his extreme views, Jerome was put on trial. He was, he was tried. He was found guilty. And he was found to be a heretic. Uh, Jerome was burned alive. But the church, because he was so widely esteemed, held on to his views. Augustine, on the other hand, who also lived during that same time period, uh, during the Middle Ages, during the early church, Augustine was trained in Italy. He was uh, a bishop. He was the bishop, the bishop of Hippo. It's a part of North Africa. And Augustine was a philosopher. He was also known as the doctor of the church. Um, There was a council that was held. uh, I believe it was the Council of Trent. And because he was so widely esteemed within the Catholic Church, uh, a lot of his views became basic doctrine, Christian doctrine, for the entire church. Now, this was a time, like I said, during the Middle Ages, there was a, uh, a, a certain mindset that was carried by the Catholic Church, and it spread throughout the world. And so there were doctrines that were formed by these two men that were Some of them were widely disputed. One of those, uh, some of the doctrine of the Catholic Church was a man by the name of Martin Luther. That's why we have the Protestant churches today. I'm giving you a little bit about church history now because these are the things that, uh, that I was taught that I had to learn in order to, to teach, to preach. It was part of, 
of, of my curriculum, and I think this is necessary going into this study about the sons of God and daughters of men. There's a reason why I'm telling you all of this. The reason that I want you to know these things is because modern-day theologians and scholars widely disagreed with the Sethite view of uh, the sons of God and daughters of men. Whenever sons of God was mentioned in the Old Testament, it always referred to a direct uh, creation of God. The Beneha Elohim is what it's called. That's the Hebrew translation. The Beneha Elohim. So the angels, as mentioned in the Old Testament, the sons of God, there was a meeting that took place in the second chapter of Job between the sons of God and Satan also showed up for that meeting. These were the direct creations of God. So whenever you see sons of God in the Old Testament, it always refers to a direct creation of God. Adam was a direct creation of God. He was part of the Beneha Elohim. Seth was not a direct creation of God. Seth was uh, a descendant of Adam. By the, at that time, Adam was already a fallen creature. He had fallen from grace because of the original sin. So Seth was not a direct creation of God. Now, in the New Testament, you see the, the phrase sons of God. In John 1.12, I believe it is, for as many who receive the Lord Jesus Christ, he gives them power to become sons of God. So how do you become a son of God? You have to be born again. If there are any of you out there that are under the sound of my voice that have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, first you have to repent, you have to turn away from your present sin and ask the Lord to come into your life and save you. Because the truth of the matter is, all of us are sinners and have fallen short of the glory of God. This is what the Bible teaches us. And because we are all sinners, we need a Savior. Amen. And Jesus is that Savior. This is the reason why he came, to set us free. Because before that, we were all headed for that judgment that would lead us to be separated from God for eternity in hell. Now, let's get back real quick to these angels that fell in Genesis chapter 6. There was a rebellion where Lucifer and the angels were cast out of heaven, and they were thrown, they were cast down here to the earth. But there was a second rebellion that took place from another group of angels. Well, you say, well, preacher, how do I know this? What are you talking about? Well, the Bible tells us that by two or more witnesses, thereby is a word confirmed. In the book, 
of Jude and also the book of Second Peter, they confirm what happened in Genesis chapter 6. Permit me to read what Jude says about it. In Jude 5 and 6, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. Okay, here it is. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, that means their bodies, the bodies that they inhabited. Their bodies that they inhabited were immortal. But they left their immortality and they took on human bodies in order to cohabitate with women. This was Satan's attempt to taint the bloodline, mingling with the DNA. But see, Genesis 15 talks about the seed of the woman, the seed of the serpent. Well, once these angels did this, they created this race of giants called the Nephilim, and the Bible says in Genesis 6, chapter 4, there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, we hear of Goliath and his brothers. They were called the sons of Anak. We hear of a king called Og, O-G, that's his name, Og, and he lived in the land of Bashan. Today, we know it as the Golan Heights in Israel. These were real events. These were real people. This was a literal interpretation of what happened in Genesis chapter 6. I'll, I'll read on. So God hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Verse 7. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after, get this, strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. He speaks of going after strange flesh. Now, this is Jude, the brother of Jesus, the half-brother of Jesus, that's given us this account of what took place. Let's see what Peter has to say in Second Peter. For God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, which is translated Tartarus from the Hebrew, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Here we make reference, he makes reference to Noah. He's clearly connecting Genesis chapter 6 to what took place in the days of Noah. Jesus said his return will be like unto the days of Noah and the days of Lot. My friends, we are living in those days. There is Genetic going on. I mentioned uh, Chimera, uh, where science now is trying to infuse the blood of the the DNA of animals with human beings. There's transhumanism mixing 
human DNA and implanting machinery into it. All you have to do is go to Elon Musk, the the, the neuro, the, the brain chip. There's so much to talk about, my friends, but my time is out for today. I hope you'll join me next week when our topic will be on the rapture. God bless. Have a good week. You've been listening to Reverend Robert E. Ellison out of Fort Washington, Maryland, with Approaching the Finish Line radio broadcast. Be sure to join him every Monday, 9.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on the NFI Radio Gospel Network. I got a race to run, and I'm running by faith to the finish line where I see God's face.
heaven Who knows all about me I just want to say thank you It was your blood Your blood That saved me Father in heaven Who knows all about me Who gave his only begotten son I need To talk to you Just to say Thank you For what you've done When you died upon Calvary, just to say a wretch, a wretch like me, it was your blood that ran cold in the street, 
Martin Luther King didn't spring full-grown out of the head of Zeus. He was a product of the Georgia soil. He was a product of two Georgia families, one from Stockbridge and one from Atlanta. He was the product of the church, the Baptist Church of Atlanta, Georgia. He grew up in the streets of Atlanta and was educated in the public schools. In a sense, he responded to the problems of our society by leading us in a more excellent way. He was my brother, and uh, we were very close. Uh, we grew up in a nurturing kind of environment, and I found our parents saw to it that um, we were exposed to um, all of the things that would uh, lead toward um, excellence and the pursuit of knowledge. Well, Danny King meant as much to me as anyone I know, I know or knew. And, and often I didn't have to consult with him because when something came up, came up in which he was interested, he would consult me before I could have a chance to call him. And quite often uh, when I was faced with a difficult decision, my secretary would come in and say, Daddy King's on the phone. And whoever I was dealing with, you know, the president of another country or prime minister or king or whatever, I'd say, y'all wait just a minute, I got to talk. To, uh, to Daddy King. No matter what occasion, how little the occasion was in terms of uh, size, of gathering and so forth, he could always count on his father to be there. And uh, that meant something to him because that says to him that you have something to offer, you're something special. This was an individual who had a secure upbringing and when people are secure, they are able to take greater risks. And so Martin did what secure people are supposed to do. Martin positioned himself right along with all of the other uh, theology students and was a very challenging person in class to the teacher. Uh, he just would not accept uh, just because the teacher said something as being uh, the fact. ML uh, did state on rather regular occasions that it was his intention to become a giant of a man.
But uh, how seriously would we be likely to take that when he was only about 15 and 16 years old at the time? Martin Luther King Jr. did it when none of us knew he was going to do it. None of us knew how he was going to do it. We are telling you about the origins out of which he came. But then something took over. One day after finishing school, I was called to a little church down in Montgomery, Alabama. And I started preaching there. Things were going well in that church. It was a marvelous experience. But one day, a year later, a lady by the name of Rosa Parks decided that she wasn't going to take it any longer. She stayed on a bus seat. And you may not remember it because it's way back now, several years, but it was the beginning of a movement where 50,000 black men and women refused absolutely to ride the city buses, and we walked together for 381 days. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's what we got to learn in the North. The Negroes have to learn to stick together. We stuck together. We sent out the call. No Negro rode the buses. It was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. And the people of Montgomery asked me to serve as the spokesman. And as the president of the new organization, the Montgomery Improvement Association that came into being to lead the boycott, I couldn't say no. And then we started our struggle together. Things were going well for the first few days, but then about 10 or 15 days later after the white people in Montgomery knew that we meant business. They started doing some nasty things. They started making nasty telephone calls and came to the point that some days more than 40 telephone calls would come in threatening my life, the life of my family, the life of my children. I took it for a while in a strong manner. But I never will forget one night very late. It was around midnight. And you can have some strange experiences at midnight. I had been out meeting with the steering committee all that night. And I came home. My wife was in the bed and I immediately crawled into bed to get some rest, to get up early the next morning to try to keep things going. And immediately the telephone started ringing and I picked it up. On the other end was an ugly voice. That voice said to me in substance, nigger, we are tired of you and your mess now. Mm -hmm. 
And if you aren't out of this town in three days, we're going to blow your brains out and blow up your house. I'd heard these things before, but for some reason that night it got to me. I turned over and I tried to go to sleep, but I couldn't sleep. Frustrated, bewildered. And then I got up and went back to the kitchen and I started warming some coffee, thinking that coffee would give me a little relief. And then I started thinking about many things. I pulled back on the theology and philosophy that I had just studied in the universities trying to give philosophical and theological reasons for the existence and the reality of sin and evil. But the answer didn't quite come there. I sat there and thought about a beautiful little daughter who had just been born about a month earlier. We have four children now, but we only had one then. She was the darling of my life. I'd come in night after night and see that little gentle smile. And I sat at that table thinking about that little girl and thinking about the fact that she could be taken away from any minute. And I started thinking about a dedicated, devoted, and loyal wife who was over there asleep. She could be taken from me. I could be taken from her. And I got to the point that I couldn't take it any longer. I was weak. And something said to me, you can't call on daddy now. He's up in Atlanta, 175 miles away. You can't even call on mama now. You've got to call on that something and that person that your daddy used to tell you about. That power that can make a way out of no way. And I discovered then that religion had to become real to me and I had to know God for myself. And I bowed down over that cup of coffee. I never will forget it. Oh yes, I prayed a prayer. And I prayed out loud, loud that night. I said, Lord, I'm down here trying to do what's right. I think I'm right. I think the cause that we represent is right. But Lord, I must confess that I'm weak now. I'm faltering. I'm losing my courage. Seemed at that moment that I could hear an inner voice saying to me, Martin Luther, stand up for righteousness. Stand up for justice. Stand up for truth. And lo, I will be with you even until the end of the world. I tell you, I've seen the lightning flash. I've heard the thunder roll. I've felt sin breakers dashing 
trying to conquer my soul, but I heard the voice of Jesus saying still to fight on. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. No, never alone. No, never alone. He promised never to leave me. Never to leave me alone. Sometimes I feel discouraged. I don't mind telling you this morning that sometimes I feel discouraged. I felt discouraged in Chicago. As I moved through Mississippi and Georgia and Alabama, I feel discouraged. Living every day under the threat of death, I feel discouraged sometimes. Living every day under extensive criticism, even from Negroes, I feel discouraged sometimes. Yes, sometimes I feel discouraged and feel my works in vain. But then the Holy Spirit revives my soul again. There is a bomb in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is a bomb in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. God bless you.
remembered my mama telling me about material things, how they come and go.
Well 
just want to take a little time to thank God for Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over and by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details.